And welcome to the Hebrew Media Podcast. I'm in an American sports mascot costume plotting your downfall. And I'm here with Frank. Frank, how are you doing? Hello, Leon. I am inconspicuously sneaking around and carrying many, many utensils, including about five kitchen knives, two screwdrivers, uh, three hammers, and an explosive golf ball, just for good measure. No fish? Uh, it's, uh, it's sitting right there in the aquarium. I'll get to it in a bit. <laughs> and we're talking about a very uh, special game. A game that's been in gaming for quite some time. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's a very old franchise. It, it is. It definitely is. It's Hitman. The one with the bald white guy, for those who don't know. And the barcode. Um, <laughs> and the beep. Yeah. Um, I wonder... Oh, God, now I really want to, like, scan that barcode. Anyway. <laughs> just just curious if that registers something. Like a QR code or something. Like, see if that pops up anything. Anyway, we're talking about Hitman. Uh, yeah. Yay! Woo! Woo! We're continuing the conversation on how silly works, how yeah. this operates and configures into things, since that's what we have been doing for a bit. Uh, <laughs> I would advise every dear listener to listen to the uh, episode 303, I believe. I'm not quite sure. Uh, we will link it in the description. Frank will link it in the description. Frank, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Frank will link in the description of the, the episode of Horror Vanguard, where we are we're on to talk about Batman a bit. Yes. Uh, 1966 Batman. I would humbly advise listening to that before going into this, but it, it's not required. No, but, you no. know, it, 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 it would help a little bit. Also, it's a good episode. Go listen to it. <laughs> it's the first proper audio podcast where I talk about the silly, because I wrote about it in the Patreon, and that's open for everyone, about Elden Ring and the silly. So that's some further context if you need it as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be work. I'm still workshopping it. Like this is another space, another opportunity and situation for me to do that. And with Leon and, and you know, eventually other friends and people as we did with the ghosts. So yeah, ghosts. working working through this idea of like the silly as a operative concept and a useful one for media analysis and looking at things and uh here's another great example being a incredible assassin yeah how about you start us off right uh so to <laughs> just for context we're, we're talking about hitman free hitman world of assassination it's both things it's effectively a trilogy of games packed into one and we're not gonna dive too deep into the story but uh, maybe here and there, but not as much as we would otherwise, because Hitman gives you rather an open playground, and we'll talk about that in a second. But in the very broadest terms, the Hitman World of Assassination follows the Hitman, Agent 47. John Hitman. John Hitman, Agent 47. Yeah. As he... Uh, <laughs> Tobias Reaper. <laughs> Tobias Reaper, as his extremely not subtle alias... Uh, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> Tobias Reaper and uh, whenever oh, yeah. he's in disguise talking to people because you've never seen anyone weirder and creepier. And it, it, again, part of the point. All in due time. I think he's Helmut Kruger, but that's that's just a conspiracy that I've seen. <laughs> so so everyone thinks. So everyone thinks. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's effectively this 
coming to identity, finding out his origins, which vary from franchise to franchise of the Hitman series. His finding out his past, how he became Agent 47, the the apex predator, if you will, (laughs) finds out that it was all this uh, secret cabal organization that influences a great deal of the world for some time. And uh, then you decide to take it down. And you do, leaving not just a trail of corpses, but uh, quite a global chaos in its wake. And then, emerging victorious, naturally, uh, you decide to take your skills in a more broad sense as you take down various crime syndicates with huge levels of irony. And uh, it pays off. It's interesting that you mentioned the ending because um, that is that there are some news messaging at the end. That I think is very uh, interesting, <laughs> but uh, it's not the main point of the game. Um, Frank says that we are not going to get into it too much, but I would argue that the game itself doesn't get into it too much. Oh yeah, so it's <laughs> right. So it's it's it's, it's difficult there. Um, how to how serious to take certain things. Yeah, uh, you also mentioned like the use of the same apex predator that I'm going to get into a little bit. Of don't course. Worry. Um, <laughs> oh lord, there's 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 stuff to say about that. Letting that lie for now. <laughs> Agent 47 is is an odd assassin slash special agent or whatever the fucking line between those two things are. <laughs> um, yeah, right? <laughs> so th- there's, there's that. And I think he is a little bit of an... Well, like I said, he's an odd one. But at the same time, he's maybe also just... <laughs> accumulation of every special agent that's ever been maybe a little <laughs> bit i don't know and normally i would shun that as a if this was a more literary uh product or if this was more uh like a movie or a tv series but it's not it's a video game and video game have distinct set of rules i yes. would argue that are fundamentally different from literature and media are a lot closer or like tv and uh film are a lot closer to each other than movies and literature or movies and film and tv mm-hmm. so th- this is one of those this is one of those examples in which we are doing something that would not work or at least not work as well in tv movie whatever i mean i i, I think you could make a agent 47 or hitman tv show but you'd have to stick to the to the same level to the same tone if you shift the tone yeah. it becomes dull no, no, I don't think I don't. With all love and respect, I don't think that would work. Because um, <laughs> what would the point be of it? It would just be a less fun version of the game. You know what? You're right. <laughs> it's because the, the the joy of the the silliness once again of mm-hmm. this game, the joy the joyfulness of this game, is exactly you maneuvering into the <laughs> like choosing your silliness, choosing your weapon, yeah. pick your poison, choose your silliness. Um, th- that's what's happening here. And I, d- I don't think that translates well to a movie or a video game. As we have seen, because there there are Hitman movies and none of them are good. They're not. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Maybe one day we'll do a bonus episode about them. I don't know. No promises. No promises. But it, no, pro- absolutely no promises. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, anyway, my point being is that I think that that's very interesting. That people have looked at this game, and or this this once again this game franchise has been around for quite some time, and thought like, "Hey, 
this this would make a good movie, right? Because it's a guy in a suit killing people. <laughs> and we, we love that. They made like four John Wick movies. Christ, they love guys in suits killing people. <laughs> the fourth one was not good. They made Christ. three Matrix oh. movies, you know. But so sorry, to finally get into like um the conceptualization of, of Agent 47, he's taken as a child from somewhere. We don't know where why. The game the games the games, all the games, but this one especially. It's kind of vague about that. Yeah. And like all super spy soldier, whatever people, uh, they're like trained and like conditioned and part of the evil organization. There you go. Uh, that's, that's all we really need to know. Yeah. I, I personally, because, because he's so silly and because he's a video game character, he is, it's a lot more interesting to me than let's say other spy, famous spy people. I, I have watched some of the Jason Bourne movies, but I can't remember them for the life of me. <laughs> um, he tries to talk. He tries to talk Dutch in one of them, Ooh. and it's not good. Matt Damon is generally, I don't think, a very good actor. But that's not a him there. It's it's <laughs> moving on from that immediately. Agent Forty Seven is like Christ. I don't know if you give Agent Forty Seven and James Bond like a set of targets that are identical, and there's like four of them. Then Agent 47 is already in retirement and having done all those targets. And while James Bond is still putting his shoes on. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> the, the man is, once again, he's, he's, he definitely is very pl- firmly placed within this uh, spectrum that we've talked about before called the hyper-competent man. Yeah. And the problem here is with the hyper-competent man that we try to navigate a couple of times. Uh, now, <laughs> by now. Um, <laughs> is that it has a very challenging relationship with its elements of wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. This is usually where things can get quite bad, actually. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's difficult to, to, to navigate that, first of all, because how do we create essentially an... an well to get into the uncomfortable bits here right away, uh, how do we essentially create like a, this Ubermensch type figure? Yeah. Um, this this superhuman without falling into other conceptualizations, political conceptualizations of, once again, I purposely use that term to indicate the, the, the linking of uh, hyper-competent men with certain uh, interesting fascist ideologies. And we have to understand that, although it's very tempting to think so, that just because someone is very competent, uh, that doesn't make it like you know bad necessarily. What is then done with that hyper competency? Now that this this I would argue is the important part, yeah. and also how it is done. And I think the saving grace of this game then is exactly that it is so <laughs> absurdly silly yes. that <laughs> anyone who engages properly with this uh, with this media would not walk away thinking like, oh, he is, he is so cool. He's literally me. You, you cannot look at 47 and think, that's me. That's, you, know? you really can't. I'll, I'll, and I think the fact so, that he's also so deeply alienated from you as like a, a human being. like He's barely a human being as exactly. well. Exactly. I, I think that's what, like, like I don't know, Geralt, um, what, what are the, the, the other, Ger- Geralt is uh, berries. But I don't know, in terms of that, like, 
oh, this is literally me, uh, Travis Bickle or whatever. It's like, oh, there's a level of humanity or whatever. of like uh, sympathy and so on, even in misguidedness and doing horrible things. Uh, Agent 47 is barely a person. He's a tool. Uh, and the game is aware of that. Um, and that's kind of how his story goes. But even then, he's still so distant and disaffected that it is it is really off-putting to say, oh, this is literally me. And to say that, it doesn't elicit even any... I think if someone said that, I don't think it elicit even the slightest sympathy. It would creep the fuck out. It is difficult because... In a lot of ways, we could interpret that as stoicism. That is a big favorite. Of, oh yeah, uh, right-wing idiots. Um, <laughs> just, just to get right out of it, <laughs> I just drop the pretense here. It's, it's difficult because you know he one could interpret him as stoic, but he does make like dad jokes every now and then. He does <laughs> like you, you know, like stupid comments here and there. The stoicism relies, in my opinion, when it is depicted in media and literature upon a certain set of present, uh, presentability, how do you say this? Uh, presentableness. Yes. Um, how do you carry yourself? And Agent 47 relies a lot more, if you once again in- engage seriously with the game, relies a lot more on the absurd than the stoic. Yes. And because he is... <laughs> I mean, if you, if you, if you want to go there, um, no character is more stoic than Agent 47. Yeah. The man, man, his facial mimicry is set in literal diamond. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it, he doesn't move. To think of an Agent Forty Seven like crying or mad, or disappointed or happy, is almost impossible. You'll never get more than a vi- the the most imperceptible smirk and the subtlest of flashes of anger, and that be yeah. Wait, that'd be extreme. That'd be, like, oh, 47, that's way too much. Oh, you're overreacting. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not even anger. There's, there's only annoyance, I would argue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but that's exactly it. And But then this character is placed in, like, once again, is, like, placed in, like, a, a American sports mascot uniform or is placed in, like, <laughs> deeply idiotic situations where i don't know he dresses up as a clown or he uh like is is uh has has a whole what do you call them ice uh, popsicle ice popsicle person selling thing like you know the little card american phenomenon yeah that that thing (laughs) whatever that's called um Um, he's dressed up as that and has like a a uh, ice cream bucket full of weapons or whatever i don't know yeah he's not no rational thinking person is looking at this and thinking that he is um, meant meant to be an actual apex predator, so to speak, <laughs> in like in terms of how I don't know right wing weirdos talk online about men or something. I mean, I think it's in terms of I, I would say a sort of like flexible aesthetic or a yeah. In a, again, it's the adaptability, right? Like he is he's so focused. In doing what he, I don't know, is supposed to do, and then later on what he wants to do, that it's it's about like this obsession with his craft, which is killing people, um, but to a level that isn't. And again, that's another aspect that it's really off-putting. Uh, it's like 
there's no sense of like sadism or torture or, or any like that kind of thing but it's like i will do this and i will execute it in pure perfection i will be there i will be gone and it will be done and he has weird moments of fun along the way where he is being really uncomfortable for other people and profoundly ironic only to himself only he gets the joke and we as the player but the others don't it's like oh giving this tour to this person i'm gonna kill it's like oh dark stain wooden floor perfect for hiding stains and you know he's thinking about blood but the other's like yeah no whatever uh, well i think it's it's funny then that the uh and the thing that that, that we want to put forward in this episode is exactly that the way the silliness quote-unquote the name that we're going to give to all these the, the very cumulative umbrella that we have yes. dubbed silliness functions in this game as a neutralization of an otherwise quite toxic set of depictions. Yes. I, I think that's very interesting, and therefore the, I want to talk about this game. Because it, it does, like... Well, it, it does what it does, what we just mentioned. And I think that's a worthwhile addition to the language we have been building around uh, exactly this phenomenon. Exactly. Like, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that's one of the things that makes Hitman unique. Because if it was oh, yeah. really just about all oh, killing people, or whatever, if it was fully serious, I feel like it would be bland and interesting. Like, sure, you'd have a, an interesting or mechanically curious tool, uh, but it, it wouldn't be as sticking. Like, there's something so wild about, I don't know, I was like, okay, I, I knocked this technician out, let me take his disguise, let me just pull his body away from view. Oh shit, here comes a guard. Here, have a fish so I can knock you out. Like, there's something <laughs> so hitman about that. Uh, that the, the, those literally being caught with your pants down. Uh, like, this game has a lot about that. And that also increases the tension while also breaking it. Because, you know, oh, yeah. you're an apex predator, you're doing all the things, ah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but also, it's like, oh, here's a guard. You're fucked. It's like, oh shit. And I, yeah. I eventually, maybe towards the end, want to talk a bit about the, the addition to it, which is like this continuation of the story, I think, personally, which is like the Hitman Freelancer mode, which is this roguelite kind of thing. Uh, a lot of people are doing that. Hitman has done it for a little while and it works really well. Uh, and it, it very much like, it's very difficult in Freelancer for a variety of reasons to be the perfect, pristine Apex Predator. Uh, you fuck shit up and uh, the game choose choose you up through it for it and like is offering it freely hitman as a franchise itself has struggled quite a bit with this um mm-hmm. like there is this version of him uh, there's another hitman game called hitman absolution i believe yes that's that's not good it, it isn't that's, that's but within it we see kind of the elements what could have worked and what hasn't worked for um, that game and this set of games which is Hitman 1, 2 and 3 World of Assassination which is done generally seen as like once again a reboot of it all yeah it it, it looked at I think it looked at Absolution mostly it was like okay well this doesn't fucking work now does it and <laughs> took only the good elements of it yes. so like the, the bigger maps that you interact with in that game 
and like you know and 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 that game also has some semblage of silliness yeah um as in you're 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 killed by like you're hit by a squad of nuns in latex or leather armor or like just just like kinky <laughs> gear or whatever like yeah which could have been fun i guess but that's that's also a thing we have seen before quite a bit yeah uh nuns that like try to kill people it's like a weird thing in like certain kind of movies don't worry about it <laughs> and in the movies there's also uh, i think the movies are like precisely what you meant with the whole blandness thing that you just argued mm-hmm. um the movies are an exact argument or like a a, a piece of proof for your argument hey nice yeah well <laughs> I've, I've already watched them so well no it's not entirely true i just watched one of them but uh, ages ago but it wasn't good and uh it's really funny because there is like a sexual element to uh some people in that movie oh and there's also like a, a sexual element in a uh, him and absolution and yeah. it's really funny because that it has been it is not present in any of these games. There is some reference to sexuality here and there, but <laughs> uh, Hitman is a very sexless being. Yeah. Um, John Hitman is is does not fuck. <laughs> like he's no. He's like there's the closest thing to it is like someone saying to uh, your your uh, to Agent Forty Seven like. Oh, there goes my future ex-husband or something like implying some kind of intimacy. But it's once again, it's it's a very <laughs> uh, sexless being, which I I struggle. Uh, I would have otherwise struggled with it once again if it wasn't so fucking silly. It, it's played to the extreme. Like he is, ba- yeah. He, again, he's basically not a person, <laughs> and, and the game and well, the story yeah. kind of personalizes him, but in in a way that is very discreet. It is. It's like oh, suddenly he is uh, this new character, this whole other person, whatever is trying to discover. Says no, he's he's trying to come to terms with who he is and what he is, which is a lot more discreet in terms of like yeah, no, I am this hyper assassin. Huh? That's maybe that's not so bad. I can do something with this. It's kind of kind of how the game ends, really. Uh, but I bring it up because I usually feel quite strongly about desexualization. Of course. I usually think this is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And because it's done for the wrong reasons. When when I look at, once again, uh, when I look at Absolution, uh, that it wasn't done well. And because no. Hitman, John Hitman is not a person, I don't think anything meaningful sexually would, would be, like, good, would, would, like, be created if we add sexual elements to uh, Hitman. So, uh, and this is one of the rare cases, that's why I bring it up real quick, uh, this is one of the rare cases where I would say, like, being less sexual is good, actually. Exactly. And is done for, like, reasons that don't suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's very important to emphasize there. Yeah, I, I think that, like, it, it, obviously that there's sexuality in the Hitman world. Like, that is a thing. But it's not something that is emphasized. Uh, it, but for your character, it's purely absent in conformity with the character. And I do think the world's that we look, uh, how we look at the world through the eyes of Agent 47 is very interesting. Oh, because, yeah. <laughs> because everything becomes a ploy or a tool for murder. Quite. Which is quite <laughs> horrifying in a way. Um, but also somehow, because it's silly, ridiculously fun. So 
how I would describe this game to people who might have played games or have not played this game is that you are you don't move around as an all-powerful being or move around as a hyper-competent man. Honestly, Agents 47 greatest skill set is dressing up. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, but it's it would be such a... It is an objectively good way, uh, a good skill set to have for a super spy. Yeah. And, and here, this is so interesting that it's difficult, but in terms of media... I would argue that spies always act like ninjas, and ninjas always act like spies, sort of kind of. Yeah. Um, but more the other way around, more more the first one. And, uh, which doesn't have to be the case. It, it's just it could just be one somebody that moves smartly through certain situations. A spy doesn't have to be real world spies. Once again, are just people, are just yeah. diplomats, are just like people in offices and like have functions there. And just relay information. That's that's a spy. Yeah. So this 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 idea of a clandestine spy, although they exist probably, don't don't really do the uh, lion's share of spying, I would argue. And now with the digital dimension in the real world, the whole nature of spying has changed so fundamentally. It, it has moved away from this Cold War type conceptualization oh, that we yeah. have of spies. That that also helps. Uh, for if you approach this game with a more a broader understanding of of spying of clandestine activities, he is functioning as a Cold War spy sort of kinda, and not even a real one at that. <laughs> but he's doing that in in a deeply modern setting. Yeah. So there's this discrepancy, this desynchronization between reality here that I think is very important. And if anyone with a bit more of a mature understanding of these things can spot that. And I think that's very responsible and smart. No, that's true. And I think, I mean, it's one of the obvious problems with James Bond after the Cold War. Because, like, James Bond is clearly, evidently, a Cold War character. So you'd you'd have to do a lot of fucking legwork, if that were even possible, to remove him or remove the Cold War out of him. I will not argue about the results. Uh, that's for another time. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but, maybe, uh, yeah, but just raising say. that question. But I think that it's interesting you bring out the idea of the spy because in the Hitman world, every once in a while, we find a spy doing something or other, and they're exactly they're a lot more bland. Like they're a lot more. I don't know. Regular people. You're not the regular person. You're the odd one out in every situation, and you're the one that adapts the most. It's um, it's just just a just a, an interesting, funny thing. It's like, oh, you find someone who stole something, or someone has misplaced something else, or someone who's doing some kind of espionage, and they're not like glamorous. It's just like a person doing their job, or like or way over their head in some industrial espionage thingy. When they're not the bad guys, the bad guys are. Com- uh, they are Bond villains, totally, or most of them. Yeah, they are quite ridiculous. Oh, very, very much so. Uh, there, there's, there's one of them. Where, uh, it's like, and I, the, the game is really replayable because, like, it, it is this playground of the maps where you can do the assassinations and in different ways and create opportunities and so on and so on. And I was replaying one of them, and um, I, I literally followed this guy for a little bit trying to get him to do something. And uh, he was literally recording, it's like, oh, you know, it, it is necessary for us to regulate the world. And for that, there needs to be classes in order to keep the servants under control. And I was like, 
<laughs> that's again James Bond villain level of stuff. Um, very true. Uh, in terms of, you know, horrible stuff and horrible people. But still, Bond levels are ridiculous. And again, it works. It feeds into this world. But I also wanted to add, like, the into this, like, uh, Agent 47 skill set. That it is his adaptability. And it is his, like, being versatile. And to the point of, like, you know, you, you see that a... Uh, you see that banana? Th- that banana over there? That banana can be a weapon. You see that muffin? That muffin's a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) It it is so absurd and so extreme to, again, the point of silliness. Um, And I think that's one of the things that makes Hitman not just successful, but memorable. Throwing a fish at a person to knock them out (laughs) is is really fucking memorable. Um, Using, I don't know, a starfish... As a ninja star, which, again, would work, is insane. That's not yeah. reasonable. But the game doesn't care. The game doesn't care. Neither does 47. It is the weapon. It is useful. So use it. Uh, and it's great. And the game encourages you. It's like, oh, find all fish-based weaponry or tools. And it's like, okay, if you say so, game. Yeah. Uh, just to explain that a little bit to people who either don't play games <laughs> or who haven't played this game. Sure, um, thank you. No, no, no worries. Despite being, once again, hyper-competent because he speaks all these languages, right? He's like, he's a super spy, he's a super assassin. And uh, it's also very interesting that spy and assassin kind of like, we, we mix them up right now as well. Yeah. But then again, media mixes them up all the time. Yes. So, you know, they're, well, anyway, moving on. Uh, the the man is like is very hyper competent, but within the game he doesn't move like it. No, he's in many ways this super soldier, like I said earlier on, with like the uh, speaking all kinds of languages, uh, being able to dress up really quick, uh, which is the suspension of disbelief that's going on here yeah. because you, you dress up instantly, uh, which is cool because it's a video game, doesn't matter. But he moves with the rigidity of a piece on a chessboard, and. I would argue that this is sadly not the last chess metaphor in this episode. <laughs> hey. But but th- that's kind of how the game operates. It is, you have this really broad canvas to paint your murder on, yeah. which is the most important element of these, quote-unquote, these. I know that's very vague. I'm so sorry. But these kind of games. The way, best way I can describe it is that you then run a very broad gauntlet. And the games that also do that, the, thing, uh, the one that I'm thinking of is like Dishonored, for mm-hmm. instance. And uh, maybe more about that as well later. Who knows? But (laughs) you have these levels. So you have this very deliberate map. And how you maneuver around that map, how aware you are of that map, the more mastery you have of your environment, the more broadly and beautiful you can paint your murder. And I think this game does that the best out of any one of them. Oh, totally. First off, the maps are the largest, I believe. I'm not quite sure if that's probably, actually true. But probably. they feel they feel huge. They are fucking <laughs> huge. And that's only like one vertical plane of the level. Then you have higher and lower levels. You have substrata and like, you know, all that stuff. And you have like subways and like things that go under the map and over the map. You have like higher, taller buildings. And like, that's just, just you know, there's so <laughs> much to interact with. And you are usually set out to then kill two, uh, not two, but you, to kill a one or more targets. Yes. And they move around as well. They interact with the world. Just as something that I want to compliment the game on is 
the amount of dialogue, diverse sets Christ, of dialogue yeah. that have been recorded to anticipate every act of the gamer, of the, the, the player, I mean. Yeah. It's tremendous. Once again, shows that they, they chose to spend so much time on the things that matter. Y- you know what level of dialogue it reminds me of? Sorry to interrupt you, but just as a point no, of no, comparison. It reminds me of the level of adaptability that games like Disco Elysium in New Vegas have. Like... Yeah, but uh, gays. Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. it's, oh, you have, like, sometimes you have missions and you can do things. And if you anticipate the missions, there's dialogue for that. If you do it in another way, dialogue for that. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, it's really impressive. And it also shows that they thought of what you were, what you might want to do. Exactly. And I think that's a very important thing for developers to do. It's difficult. I, I understand that it's not like, and we're not sitting here like, just do this, gosh. Oh, no, <laughs> definitely I, not. <laughs> so, which I feel a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, people who talk about video games do. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not, we won't do that. But it is good. It is, if you're going to spend time on a thing, that's never a bad thing to spend time on, I think. Especially with these games that have maps with high interactivity. Exactly. And... I think that's that's where this game excels, and that's why it's but that's why it was on my one hundred list of games. Yeah. Uh, if if you haven't listened to that episode, dear listener, we don't blame you. It's a long episode. To go over quite a bit. Oh lord, <laughs> but but we had fun. Don't worry. We did. So, that, so so that I would say I hope that it gives you a better, broader uh, picture of how this game works. A lot of games are called sandboxes, but this is a literal good sandbox yeah. game, and with this. Well, never mind. I was going to talk about open worlds, but that's that's a whole thing we'll save for another time. Uh, back to the game. Hey, I to to give you maybe a little bit more better of like, okay, well, how is this silly? And Frank has talked about like, uh, here a fish, and it has this kind of slapstick comedy going for it, but it also has an interesting relationship with the absurd. Yeah, and with the absurd is what we already talked about a little bit. Is that <laughs> you have the way just how Agent 47 looks. He has the, the handsome Squidward face, if you will. <laughs> uh, just go Google him. It's fine. It, it's his piercing blue eyes as well. Like he, if he had hair, he might have been handsome or scary. I don't know. Like sometimes a person is so handsome that they're kind of scary as well. I feel like this is like, uh, kind of one of those. Kids. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah. But he has, he has amazing facial structure, for instance. <laughs> and so that's, uh, which is remarked upon. By a person that uh, is, is does facial reconstruction surgery to look like a model, and then meets forty seven, is like, oh man, I was gonna restructure my face to look like Helmut Kruger. Why did you do it? Uh, <laughs> they do that. They say that in the Tokyo level. Who was wondering? Uh, uh, Osaka, d- Osaka, Hokkaido, Hokkaido, Hokkaido. If you say so, I believe you. <laughs> so indeed, not Tokyo. My bad. So the the interesting relationship here is then. You have this very serious murder person in an in a amazing suit. But once again, being a literal murder machine. And then he's like part of a, a Illuminati-esque organization that, that has super assassins and runs the world secretly or influences things behind the scenes. And you need to imagine that. And then hard cutting to Agent 47 in a, in a pink flamingo mascot suit. Like throwing like trash at people. <laughs> <laughs> like, so he's also that at the same time which is um, I don't know I, I feel like it's refreshing that a game is not afraid of those two 
well, let's say narrative aesthetics clashing with each other. They understand that that clash or that some people might call it campiness, maybe, yeah. works in the favor of, of the game. And it works because, it once again, the unique character of video games, which is its interactivity. Mm-hmm. The interactivity is well taken care of because, like we have just said, the whole uh, the broad canvas that we have to play on. And it's also... that and Then it is supported by its narrative aesthetic cohesion. And I would say that this is like the, uh, the 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 fundamental superstructure that this game is built on, and is has is what it makes loom large over its counterparts within this very loosely defined genre. I agree. Might be. <laughs> Good. I, I think like to to and to give some examples of like not just oh being hyper competent, but like the game, because uh, it's not always. But every every once in a little while, in a very like carefully prepared way, you're reminded that yeah, you're an assassin, you kill people, um, and you know sometimes they're cartoonish villains, sometimes they're just terrible people. Uh, they had plenty of reason to be killed. Still makes it really fucking dark. So uh, let me uh, check notes. <laughs> so uh, in in this mission again, in, in pretty much this order, you can. Brutally make a father explode his own daughter. I will not elaborate. <laughs> uh, you push him off a ledge, and you can then, you know, pretty trying, pretty easily, ride away on a dolphin to escape. Just, 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 uh, just basically, just you know, standard assassin stuff, riding away on a dolphin. Uh, so, it, it is this kind of thing where it it plays every hand so extremely, like. The game does not shy away from it, fr- from this extreme of like, yeah, you're an assassin, but also this is fucking stupid. You're using a fish. You're using muffins to knock people out. Literally hitting a person with a muffin. You're using a banana peel to make people slip. Like this, this is slap. Or a bust of Napoleon. Or a bust of specifically Napoleon. Napoleon. Oh, specifically, or using <laughs> uh, proximity detected rubber ducks. That explode, yeah. and it's like quack 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 quack, boom. <laughs> I mean, the, it, yeah. In another mission, for just a, for a fun, colorful example, you rob a bank, you kill the bank director, you crash the stock market, <laughs> and then you can drop off a window. Like you, you don't jump, you drop. Um, yeah. Very. These comical. things then are unlocked later on after you've played the game a little bit more seriously, but it never totally abandons the seriousness or totally um, abandons the silliness. It's always present. It only ramps up the more and more you play the game. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't make Hitman more competent. It doesn't like make you feel more like, I don't know, like an apex predator. No, it makes you feel more like the cartoon character that you truly are. And that is very important thing or uh, to this distinct from how other games might approach, uh, it's it's hyper competent assassin man killer person thing, <laughs> um, so so I think that's very good actually Lamau. <laughs> I need to stop saying actually. That's not even there. I do. That's, that's exactly what I go on. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I do think that then uh, the silliness because like in my original text I talk about the silly. I talk about the ironic, the sin- the sincere, and the edgy, and I do think that Hitman uses irony in the benefit of the silly. Because it is the most obvious sense of 
and the most unused irony for, for a variety of reasons, but it's dramatic irony. The one that uh, you as the audience are aware of and 47 is, but no one else is. Like when you're uh, disguised as a medical doctor and injecting what is obviously poison into your target instead of the medication they needed. And they ask, oh, what's in this? Oh, you know, Nightshade, Hemlock, Belladonna. And, and the character's like, oh, isn't one of those poisons? It's like, oh, everything in a in a small dose, it can be quite curative. Or, oh, every poison in a small enough dose can be helpful. Or something along those lines. It's like, yeah, it's still really strong poisons and you're going to kill them uh, in about a, a couple of seconds. Or, I don't yeah. know. Here's a, here's a detail I, I remembered. Uh, the poisons are called really stupid shit. It's fatalidomide, or um, the the one that induces vomiting, vomitrol, and so on. <laughs> but also helps to list off a couple of things. Um, to list off a couple of things, so I don't have to talk about James Bond. Let me just say that real quick. <laughs> Sensible. Um, <laughs> I think what is very interesting is that to to very quickly drive that um, to drive home that comparison. Of course, why I think we stumbled upon James Bond is that James Bond. Uh, like you said, had a very interesting shift. And the the unfortunateness of James Bond is that he was always partially, at the very least in my opinion, a a band-aid on UK's pride of no longer being (laughs) relevant or that relevant of a player in international (laughs) politics, right? I mean, I don't... uh, As... as, um, In terms of the media... Possibly, in terms of the books, I'd have to read them as uh, the literary critic and uh, scholar that I am. All those caveats said, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that's very interesting. Um, Well, once again, we can't get into it, but there's maybe it's worthwhile to check up on (laughs) some broader UK-generated assassin spy stuff um i'm thinking about killing eve as well which is supposed mm. to be a civic drama yeah but it's but never mind once again i'd love <laughs> to get into it but we have to be we have to stay focused here um i think that works in his favor is that agent 47 does not belong to a nation it belongs to a weird organization called providence no 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 ICA no no or uh, uh, sorry on oh, no, the right i see it yeah well, yeah uh, agent 47 belongs to the ica the International Contract Agency, which prides itself on its neutrality. And uh, in this game, spoilers, uh, as it's being, as you decide to know, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sick of being neutral. I'm going to try and take on, like, the organization that, uh, the the Illuminati, whatever, which is Providence. Very good name, by the way. And uh, ICA doesn't really like that because ICA is also influenced by Providence, maybe, uh, I don't know, vague, not, not important. But it's like, okay, yeah. you're you're an obstacle. I'm gonna get rid of you. So, uh, forty seven whistleblows the entirety of the ICA because he can and he wants to. So, it, it, the the point stands that forty seven does not represent anyone or anything. Even as he was part of the ICA, he did not represent them. Maybe he was its sim, its ultimate symbol of the the, the assassin. But uh, he he. He literally cannot be assimilated as like, oh, he represents this. So that's like, <laughs> he represents the angel of death. If he's going to represent anything, <laughs> Tobias Reaper. 
Yeah, I, I do think that's that's interesting combination with who he kills. Yeah. Continue listing off the thing is that <laughs> James Bond. Uh, no, 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 no. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, James Bond has has very specific and interesting targets. A lot of them are Russian, but not always. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I think um, that speaks for itself. I don't think if you don't feel the need to explain that further, then it's already obviously is. <laughs> So the I will say the ICA and also Providence, the evil organization, is quite diverse. Yeah, which helps. It seems, which can only be facilitated through the wider globalization web of capital. Yeah, and I do think that's very interesting. I'm not claiming that this is a leftist game or what have you, no. but it's at least people who understand the, the the more evil forces in the world. I would argue. Yes, and I don't like the word evil, but at this point. What what else are they? <laughs> um, so, so that's not a hero there. But I, I do feel I think it's very interesting that he like he murders CEOs and like like <laughs> like ob, uh, like people who are quite bad. Like from CEOs to like ce- celebrities that are bad and say bad stuff. Like obviously and bad targets. Like like British people. <laughs> and it's so it's 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 very interesting. Like. <laughs> Sorry, the joke refers to one map where he essentially killed Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's Darth Moore Castle. It's, it's Thatcher, right? Like, of course. I mean, maybe it isn't. She is maybe too much of an amalgamation or simulacrum of this British influence. Yeah, I think she's uh, influential. She represents person. worse than Thatcher, if that's possible. <laughs> well, the she represents the accumulation of the order that Thatcher serves slash belongs to exactly. up to a point. And uh, but but because it's a woman, white woman, an old white woman, that's that's mean. Um, <laughs> it's Thatcher. It's it's Thatcher. It's got more personality than Thatcher. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's also not hard to do. But so he 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 does like kill people that are very clearly evil. Yeah. And that 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 helps a little bit with it as well. If if and I can the add beauty. A, sorry. If I can add a brief parenthesis, it's that. Before he has agency, or like before he decides to act on his own, the game itself, basically pretty much everyone you kill is a terrible person. And then when you become like independent and decide to go on your own way, you kill even more terrible people. So, you know, the game facilitates that. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, no, but that's exactly what I was getting at. And this works because the interesting relationship we then get to experience with Agent 47's hyper-competency is that his hyper-competency results in nobody dying, except for the targets. Exactly. And uh, unless you choose to play him differently. There's still player agency, obviously. Of course. But um, the better you get at the game, in theory, the less damage you do to people, which I think is a very important counter to how a more toxic version of a hyper-competent man is approached, usually. Either by its audience, the fan base, or what have you, and but sometimes also by uh, the, the creators of such of such storylines, games, movies, TV, whatever. And so I think that really works in its um, in its favor that it has such a, a a game that understands its action economy, yeah, really well. So this uh, <laughs> this action reaction thing that happens in a game like i do a thing how does the world around me respond to it so every action has the potentiality to have to be ripples in a pond yeah and affect everyone surrounding that and the better you get at it once again um 
the better uh, you navigate those gameplay loops. So I think that that's very refreshing and good. <laughs> and I don't know, just is in the favor of, of the game, I would argue, in comparison to a bunch of its counterparts that don't understand it as well, in my humble opinion. And when we think of hypercompetency, we think of a man just John wicking his way through a map. Yeah. That's not. That's never really what happens here. No, no. You can't really... I mean, you can maybe if you lower the difficulty, I don't know. But generally... This is not how the game is structured. So Agent 47, despite his hypercompetency, can, if you want to, shoot a lot of people in the head. But that's... The game is not necessarily built for that. Uh, because, you know, you, you'll just shoot people through the head until you get to the point where there's either... Um, until they either kill you, then you kill that target and that's it then. So the game does not reward that kind of play style, is what I'm trying to get at. And... It doesn't go out of the way to like tap you on the wrist. Like that's bad. Like if you want to play it that way, that's fine. Um, but <laughs> mature people play the game this way. <laughs> yeah. And so it very clearly lays out this this multi-pronged approach that you should do instead, and without beating you over the head with it. Exactly. I, so once again, I cannot. I'll, I'll stop there. But there's a lot more to say, even than I've already said, about how well this game navigates these issues. Yeah, I I wanna I wanna uh, if you'll let me uh, go through it a bit because I wanna talk about this this the idea of the killing in this game, sure. which goes exactly with what we're talking about, right? That it's and, and in t- just to wrap that point in terms of the storyline, you don't get a less a, a worse story if you kill everyone. You get you get through the game a lot faster, but the uh, the game gives you a rating system, gives you greater score if you play it in the silent assassin way, which is that. No bodies are found. You're never spotted. There are never any really alerts, I think. And uh, if the only way a body can be found is if uh, if it's an accident, an accident kill, and that can mean a couple of different things. So uh, the game nudges you into playing as Silent Assassin, which is how you you know you use these tools to your advantage. A lot of games, it's like oh, you're given way too many tools. To do something, it's like, you don't need all these. Like, why are you giving me all this? Like, it serves no point. In this game, every tool is an opportunity. Or you get this proximity explosive. It's like, okay, how can I use this effectively to play the game in this way? Or or the other. Or, oh, I got this tiny taser device. How can I use this? Oh, I create can create a puddle and have the person walk over there and electrocute them to death. Yay! So that... But I think especially in terms of the, the, the idea of this collateral damage, because in, in the, the Hitman universe, uh, killing is not good. Uh, killing is, is still bad. And you're reminded of that every once in a while, especially when you confront a target as yourself. And, you know, sometimes they, they play for their lives. Uh, but you, you know, you, you have to kill them. Like, you literally have to from a mechanical standpoint, unless you stop playing the game. But if you want to continue playing the game, you need to kill them. However, any and every solution in this game continues with killing people, killing the targets with the efficiency, ideally, uh, but again, you can play the game however you want, of a, uh, that's the metaphor I was crafting the whole time, a glass scalpel. Because you're not a cannon. You can use cannons, but they're not the most effective thing in the world. But you're very fragile. You can't go, you can't go around killing everyone. You can, but you'd have to be a lot really strategic for it. 
And I think that's one of the ways in which the previous game, Man Absolution, fails. You can. And at times, you had to go around killing everyone. Uh, in this game, no, you're, you're way more encouraged to like, okay, how do I do this with care and precision and, de- and being delicate? And that's where the solution kind of goes. And it's about being precise, not about uh, avoiding these other damages. Like, the game penalizes you with points, not giving you certain unlocks that quickly or whatever, or not fulfilling certain challenges if you play the game this other way. But when you do, I think the game both rewards you in its... Both its gameplay, its, I don't know, incorporation into the story. And I'm thinking specifically of one of the missions where if you kill some... If you kill uh, a non-target... A character will go like, oh, I taught you better than that. Collateral damage. <laughs> so it's like, the game's not going to punish you for it. Or not in any severe way. But it, it, it you know, it's like, no, maybe if you do it another way. Um, and another way can involve crushing a person to death in a grape presser. And uh, having another character not realize, like, oh, where did they go? Oh, they said they had a phone call. What are those blood stains over there? Not important. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, I, I think a point that I I want to raise real quickly, uh, to to, to round up uh, exactly what we have been saying about the the qualities of the of this game. <clears throat> um, I already drew, drew the comparison to uh, Dishonored. Yes, uh, Dishonored, and although I love the aesthetic of that, that game so much, and a bunch of the uh, other decisions that are made in that game. The proper way, and I, I resent uh, serious debates about. Oh, this is the proper way to play a game. No, if you're having fun, that's that's how you play the game. Yes, obviously. But the once again, so quote unquote proper way to play this game is fun. Yeah, and it's yes, it's sometimes tempting to go berserk and like you know shoot people, um, but that dissipates quite fast. I would argue. Mm. And you can just reload the save and be fine. Yeah. Whereas, if you would do that with Dishonored, you could do that with Dishonored, but then you would go back to the uh, schlock that is playing the game responsibly and properly. Uh, you, if you want a good ending, and here uh, there's there's no different ending. No. First off, so that's important distinction, and they made the once again the proper way fun to play the the, the stealthy way, the unseen assassin. Uh, once again, like like Frank has, has said, like the angel of death that swoops in and takes the firstborn or whatever, <laughs> um, is 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 swift and like and silent, and that's fun. And it, it's really fun to engage with the tools the game puts puts on the map to to generate this outcome. And uh, this sort of dishonored could never at least one and two. <laughs> I haven't played the other one, so that that's that's that's. I think something that this game understands so well and it's just it's it's just great. It's it's so it's it's so good. Exactly. <laughs> from that perspective. Yeah, I think like a, a very simple example from one of the game one of the very first maps cuz these are technically three games in one. Uh in the in the second map of the very first game, uh, which is a, a small Italian town, Sapienza, uh it, one of the locations you start are like a safe house that you have casually in one of the rooms in, in this small apartment there's an explosive golf ball the game doesn't tell you much about it it's an explosive golf ball so you know 
have fun. That, that is literally it. There's no comment, no explanation, no further story. And there are the other points which get, get, give, like, a little storyline, little things you can do. Um, but sometimes it's just, there's just an explosive golf ball. You know, you can do what the logical conclusion of the, what that could be. Or, you know, you could literally just throw the explosive golf ball and watch people go boom. You know, it, it is your playground and you can sometimes adapt and sometimes not. Sometimes it, it is just really fun to walk up to someone, shoot them and run away. And sometimes you have to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at other times, it is a lot more satisfying to very much, you know, set up this elaborate contraption or this elaborate set of circumstances to be able to throw someone off the off a ledge just the way you want them to. Yeah, n- never mind. I've already said everything I wanted <laughs> to say about it. I, I, let me not go on too much about it. So uh, I don't know if there's anything else you would like to get into. or I think I uh, I just want to maybe wrap up the, the everything. It is a game that is, at all times, I think, aware of its environment, its character, and its tools. It is. It never forgets that you are an assassin killing people, uh, but also it doesn't punish you for it. It doesn't make you... Like, it, it is a game, and it's not. it never ceases to be a game, even when it is telling its yeah. own story or telling its various stories. So it, it is a very good piece of media where elements converge to make something interesting, while also still, you know, talking about how billionaires are fucking terrible, <laughs> which is good. Um, and uh, a last hurrah, I suppose, to the sense that for doing this uh, Illuminati society thing, Providence, it is very grounded in the sense that we found out that it's like it took three families, three very rich families at the, the end of the Second World War, deciding to come together and sort of form an alliance. And, you know, work yeah. towards furthering their interests and expanding their network. And that's n- not insane. That's not over-the-top for all its characters being mad over-the-top characters. Yeah, um, it diverts away from, well, the usual Illuminati counterpart, which is uh, Jews control the banks, whatever, or the world government or what have you. Uh, list of people, blah. It's providence in so many ways operates not that different from American hedge funds. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that that's very interesting. Uh, especially the very close relationship they have with ICA then. Anyway, anyway, never mind that. Um, <laughs> let's, let's not get into that one at, at the last moment. So yeah, I, I, I do, once again, I fully agree. I It's it's very rare to witness a piece of media that deliberately harvest its broader corpus of its source material or its counterparts, it's the... Once again, the very loose genre that you've, you've like tried to outskirt a little bit here, but isn't bound by it yes. in a bad way. And I I think that's very interesting because Agent 47, as you have established, has the potential to be the most serious character of all time. Yeah. But he he, he isn't. He very much he's isn't. Not. He's he, he's barely a character. So <laughs> that, that's very you know, as we have like gotten into by now plenty of times. Uh, so that all accumulates into <laughs> something that could have gone wrong so many ways, but it kind of didn't. The worst scenario is like the game is sometimes maybe not that funny. That's like the worst thing I can say about <laughs> it. That's, you know, and 
it, it reminds me, like I said, like a promise. Um, it reminds me of chess in a way that you can play so many different openings with the game responding to it. Yeah. And there's so many different combinations. And the, the, the chess analogy here immediately stops because there are different chess boards, technically speaking. <laughs> so, but, but you know, the, the formations of many, how many different chess pieces, how many different formations there are of chess pieces in chess is like, is, is astronomical. But it, it, it in its complexity reminds me of how this game approaches its own uh, murder mechanics. So that, that's, uh, that's lovely, I would argue. That's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, another final point in terms of storyline and the game being aware of its limitations and things, it's a nice a, a nice last hurrah on, you know, nature of power. And it's like, oh, you know, you could join the organization, you know, properly use it to make change from within. And just like, nah, let's shut this shit down for good. So, you know, it's like, good, good. You, you don't work with the thing. It's, oh, but you could be corrupted, but maybe you could do good. No, you shut that shit down. That's that's the responsible thing to do. Yeah, I would say that that still plays a little bit into power fantasies. About oh, of like, course. You know, I, I'm like the sheriff in town. I I don't do politics. I just shut down people who do. Like that. There's an unfortunate <laughs> reading of that. Of course. And maybe maybe they'll fix that in him at four. Who knows? Maybe they'll. <laughs> I do just want to mention that they gained their independency from Square Enix, I believe. Ooh, uh, throughout God. one, even one, two, and three. Once again, these games are separate games, technically speaking. Yeah. But they've all amalgified into one Hitman game, Hitman World of Assassination. Yes. And they all run the same engine. They're, they look the same. And like, and it's a continuous story as well. Yeah, exactly. So essentially, we just approach it as one game. That's what oh, I, yeah. That's what I did in the 100 uh, games uh, episode. As you should have. And they went to a very turbulent stage in which they became independent as IO Interactive, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. If that's I think so. I'm so sorry. Th- th- that is their name. I wasn't quite sure on their independence. Uh, no, maybe they're not independent anymore, but they went through a whole, um, like, well, becoming independent, the whole tra- tra- trajectory of becoming independent. And while whilst continuing to create this game for over 10 years now, I believe, let me quickly Google that before we end the episode. <laughs> From, in, I believe, if Hitman 1 came out in 2016 by IO Interactive and Feral Interactive. I don't know the relationship how that ended up but anyway they um they have been developing that game these games for uh well up till this point because they've also been giving content patches and like all that kind of stuff you know so while like having a very turbulent i assume turbulent uh relationship with your parent company which is all quite impressive that's that's all i wanted to say that's this whole point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to say that's quite impressive yeah good job to fact check yes they're independent from square enix um and here's a fun thing they're working on something called project 007 the very first oh, no. james bond origin story oh i take it back Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the sensible on them to you know not uh apparently if they go back to 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 the cold war that'd be more interesting than you know a modern origin story but still, I, I think, like, um, Hitman is a very successful franchise now, um, also because it was aware of its mistakes uh, in Hitman Absolution and, you know, taking the more interesting aspects of it and, you know, looking back and looking forward, right? Accepting and changing things, uh, looking towards where previous games were successful and this one was not. So uh, growth, if that can be believed, 
Thank you so much for listening, dear listeners. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, everyone. As always, you can find us at patreon.com slash left page. Yes. Or the left page. Left page. Just left page. Okay. <laughs> you can find uh, you can find it in the links in the description as always. We would appreciate your support. We are trying to generate more content just for Patreons only. Yeah. Don't worry. Everything will eventually always be public. Of course. But um yeah, we're gonna try gonna have to try that angle for a bit. Uh once again, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. But uh just 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 consider uh joining it. Maybe. Yeah, if you feel like what we, we do really, and you'd like us to do really more and uh go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. Um do 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 <laughs> do consider supporting us, drop us a message, a like, whatever, all, all the, the media yeah. things as well. Uh, they're always appreciated. We also welcome you into our Discord, which yes. once again, we try to. Uh, we, we keep saying, okay, oh yeah, we'll be more active in that. We haven't been, but <laughs> more people in there helps. So uh, more people being active in there would definitely help a lot. And uh, eventually, we would also love to like give maybe more, more of a live na- analysis of video games through, let's say, Twitch or Discord streaming. Yeah, exactly. So that that would be really fun and. Uh, it will be the only way uh, we I would ever return to him and absolution for him, for example. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll never will. So, you know, there's that. Um, anyway, take care, dear listener, and hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, everyone. See you soon. Bye.